So we're thinking about why do we serve love in action this morning and we're going to read our passage from Romans 12 which should come up on the screen. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. When Charles and I went to Austria earlier this year, we stayed in a hotel with a fantastic waiter who looked after us for our evening meal every day. He was attentive without being intrusive. He noticed if there was anything lacking at our table. He remembered we like a fork as well as a spoon with our dessert. And he allowed us enough time between courses to relax without feeling we were forgotten, or conversely, that we were being rushed through our meal. He noticed when our glasses were nearly empty and served us courteously and cheerfully. He obviously took pride in his paid employment and served conscientiously. One evening he had a night off and we had a different waiter who wasn't as good and we really noticed the difference. He didn't seem to care in the way that our usual waiter did. At the start of the coronation service in Westminster Abbey, King Charles committed himself to follow Christ's example of service. He was greeted by a young chorister with these words, Your Majesty, as children of the kingdom of God, we welcome you in the name of the King of Kings. And King Charles responded, In his name and after his example, I come not to be served but to serve. So today we're thinking about why we as Christians serve. And we're looking at this short passage in Romans to help us understand. To put it in context, in his letter to the church in Rome, Paul has spent the first 11 chapters laying down the top doctrinal foundations of Christian truth. In other words, what we believe as Christians. And now he drills down into the personal application of how we apply our beliefs. This passage in particular addresses why we serve, and it all boils down to one word, love, love in action. In these five short verses, Paul spells out the distinguishing marks of love, which lead us and motivate us to, share, to serve others. This passage also mirrors the famous passage about love in 1 Corinthians 13. And both passages follow descriptions of spiritual gifts, emphasizing that the only test to enable us to discern whether words and actions flow from the Holy Spirit is the test of love. Do they promote love and affection in the church, persistence in prayer, and generosity expressed in hospitality? So I'm dividing the passage into four broad areas, exploring what the love which motivates us to serve is like. This love is real, respectful, relentless, and responsive. 
So I've picked four R's <laughs> to try and help us remember. Real, respectful, relentless, responsive. So firstly, our love must be real. Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love. Being sincere in our love means that we don't wear a mask as if playing a role like an actor who takes off their disguise after the play and becomes someone else. We need to be sincere and consistent so that as we take into our lives the love of God, it flows out in serving others. The words sincere originally meant without wax and referred to dishonest merchants who would fill cracks in the pottery with wax and then glaze over it, selling pots which were of poor quality and which would break easily. Honest merchants would stamp their pots with the words sincere to indicate their pots were sound and of good quality. The love we have for one another means that we give of our best to each other and don't paper over the cracks, but are honest and truthful in our behaviour and treatment of others. The motto of Kings, Kingsley School, which is nearby, is esse quam videre, which literally means be what is seen. In other words, be the real you all the time. And that is the essence of what is meant in this passage. We've got to be genuinely concerned for our brothers and sisters in Christ, sacrificially giving of ourselves to seek their highest good. In fact, in 1 John 3:14, we read that the mark of a true believer is love for others. It is love in action. In, that, in this verse, it says, We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our sisters and brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. The test of whether you're a genuine Christian is whether your actions and behavior promote love. This love is demonstrated by a lack of selfishness or self-centeredness and a desire to build others up and put them first. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, got up to speak at the annual convention one year to all of the Salvation Army workers and his entire address was just one word, others, and then he went and sat down. Being free from self-centeredness enables us to have freedom to serve others. In the next slide, we're going to read from Galatians. You, my sisters and brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature, rather serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. We are to hate evil and cling to what is good because evil hurts others. We are not to be passive and ignore e evil. We are to address it to protect others. I was once in a restaurant with a friend and an elderly couple were sitting at the table next to us. And we became aware that the wife was obviously suffering from dementia and her husband was getting increasingly cross and impatient with his wife. He got very agitated when his wife couldn't find her debit card to pay the bill and suddenly lashed out and punched her hard on the cheek so that she nearly fell off her chair and a large bruise flared up on her face. 
We immediately leapt up and went to her aid, asking the manager at the restaurant to call the police. But others on tables around us said, oh, he's an old man, leave him alone, he just lost it for a moment. The manager said the couple came often to the restaurant and he knew them well and he thought they'd be okay. But we couldn't stand by and see this woman being abused in this way. This couple clearly needed support and help and she needed protection. So we insisted on police and social services being called. They came and were very helpful and hopefully, we pray, some support and help was subsequently put in place for this vulnerable woman. As Christians, we're not to look the other way when we see evil and suffering. We're to address it, and we're to do this by clinging to what is good. We're to do what is positive and good for others. On the next slide, we're moving on to our next R, which is, secondly, the love which motivates us to serve is respectful. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Our service of others should generate fierce loyalty among believers so that we see and encourage the positives in each other and also guard against causing envy, pride, rivalry or divisiveness. This is clearly expressed in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 5, which is on the next slide. Love is patient and kind it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking. I remember attending a training session for those of us who were on a welcome team, and the vicar said, if you're on duty one day but feel grumpy and bad-tempered, please don't fulfil your duty that day, stay at home. We only want people who are going to welcome others with friendliness, warmth and encouragement. This made the point very clearly that we're here to serve in love and we need the Holy Spirit's help to enable us to serve with love. Even when we're having a bad day, God can enable us not to be grumpy and unkind to others. We also need to guard against thinking that one form of serving is superior to another. Two weeks ago in our small group here, we were saying that one of the best ways to serve someone is to make them a cup of tea and sit and listen to them. Loneliness, especially for those in old age, is a huge problem in our society and one where we can easily make a difference. Just sitting with someone, chatting, listening to them is very, very valuable. Serving in whatever way, as long as it is motivated by love, is equally valuable and worthwhile. In God's eyes, there is no hierarchy in serving. On our next slide, we're moving on to the third R. Love which motivates us is relentless. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Serving others in love means that we have zeal and fervor. If we see a need, we don't procrastinate or sit on our hands. We step up, take action. We will all have different ways of serving with urgency and passion. Some of us have an urgency to share the gospel. Others to work with children or young people or to help those who are lonely or you may be passionate about the environment 
or art or science, but whatever it is, serve God and others with zeal and enthusiasm fired by your love for God. We are to be relentlessly cheerful, patient when we're afflicted and faithful in prayer. Not easy. I have a lovely Christian friend called Rosie from my previous church in Solihull who is a wonderful example of a Christian who has the qualities of love that we're looking at today. For the past 14 years, she has taken her elderly neighbour to the supermarket to do her shopping every week. As the years pass, it takes up more of Rosie's time and effort, but I've never once heard her complain about it. She does it cheerfully and patiently, and it's a great service to her neighbour and to the Lord. In Matthew 25, verse 40, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did for me. When we serve others in love, we are serving the Lord himself. My friend Rosie is a joyful person, even though she has a serious health condition to contend with. And her joy is contagious. She serves with gladness. She's a radiator, not a drain pipe. In other words, she gives out warmth and she's good to be around. Let's be like that rather than people who serve dutifully but miserably, draining life out of others. Finally, the love which motivates us to serve is responsive. In verse 13 we read, Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. After the second year of my French degree, I went to be an assistant anglaise in a secondary school in France for a year. In French secondary schools, there are often a number of children who board at the school during the week, and I was to live in the same accommodation block. When I arrived, guess what? The French teachers were on strike. So there were no students or staff at the school, and I was all alone in a big, empty accommodation block for several days, a terrible start. On my first Sunday, I managed to find my way to the address of a small evangelical church which my church minister had given me before I left England. I'd only become a Christian a few months before leaving for France. There were only about 15 people in the congregation, but the minister, Jean-Claude, and his wife, Germaine, took me under their wing and invited me to lunch that day and then included me in their family life for the rest of the year. Thanks to them, my French language improved rapidly, I grew spiritually, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, and I experienced their love and support just as if I were a member of their own family. They had three small daughters, a church to run, and Jean-Claude ran a rehabilitation centre for young men who had just been released from prison. They were extremely hospitable to me, and I will never forget their kindness or their love and commitment to serving the Lord, which emanated from their love for God. They invited the young men from the rehab centre into their home to share meals with them and to tell them about Jesus' love and forgiveness. Some of them accepted Christ and were gradually transformed as Germain and Jean-Claude discipled them. Others repaid their kindness by stealing from them. It was costly to serve these young men, but Germain and Jean-Claude carried on even when their goodness was abused because they felt they were serving God and that these young men, what they needed most was to be shown love, kindness and generosity. Sometimes service is costly and difficult, 
when kindness is abused. But their loving Christian service left a huge impression on me. My parents, however, were horrified when they learnt that I spent my year in France mixing with a bunch of young men who'd just come out of prison. Our love for God should motivate us to always look to bring new people into our circle. And I think this is something we do well at Oasis. It's certainly how, when I first moved to Leamington, I felt part of the church. It was through the love and kindness of people at Oasis. But we can always improve. Be on the lookout for those who are on their own and draw them in. Invite friends who don't yet know the Lord to come and be part of Oasis. This is at the heart of the gospel. Jesus is always seeking to draw to himself the outsider, the stranger, the overlooked. Let's aim to excel in this. So to conclude, why do we serve? Because of God's love. His love is at the centre of our lives as Christians and should flow out to others in service. And that love should be real, respectful, relentless and responsive. And I'd like to finish by reading from 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 7, which should come up on our screen now. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Let's just pray. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for these amazing words from Scripture. And we know how short we fall. Please forgive us and fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit and with a desire to love you and serve you and others. In your mercy, Lord, hear our prayer. Amen.